All right, welcome everybody to the Suns After Sunset podcast. My name is Ian. My name is Kanal. And today we're going to be going over a lot of different topics as far as Phoenix Suns and across the NBA in general. Yep. So today we're going to talk about, first of all, we're going to talk about our new schedule. We're going to talk about some of the Matt Ishmith stuff, Kyrie to Dallas, Kevin Durant trade rumors, Suns trade deadline predictions, and Devin Booker's return. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about. So, I mean, obviously, we've been away for a while. If you guys are back listening to us, that really means a lot to us. Sorry we've been away. Uh, it's kind of hard to uh, get everything going whenever you have busy schedules. Yeah, we do have busy schedules. And I know we've every time we come back saying we're going to be consistent, but that really is the goal this time. I know actions speak louder than words, so we'll we'll let that talk for itself and we can keep it consistent. And, yeah, so – to get right in, we're going to start uh, by introducing our new schedule. So starting today, every Monday and Friday, we'll be releasing an episode. The time may vary during the day, but I would assume it would be later during the day. And every Monday and Friday, twice a week, we'll be uh, releasing an episode for you guys. Yeah, sounds good. Again, like you said, time could vary. It kind of just depends on what time I get home from work and, and how busy he is because he's in college, so it kind of just depends. But everything is Eastern time, so with you guys over on the West Coast listening, it obviously will be three hours earlier. So, Yeah, so to get right in, we have a lot to talk about. First, uh, we're going to talk about Matt Ishbia. So we actually recently just got an article from John Gambadoro um, stating that Ishbia will take over tomorrow. We know his press conference is on Wednesday, so if we're – for reference, today is Monday. Tomorrow he'll be taking over officially, which is Tuesday. And we know his press conference is on Wednesday. So I think him taking over tomorrow gives the Suns a little more room to make moves, maybe a little bit more time. Yeah, I like the introduction tomorrow. Uh, like you said, I'm all on board with it. It just kind of just depends on um, if anything is going to come from that. I would like to say a day earlier means a day more of us. Uh, trying to figure out something to get somebody on the team, but uh, we'll have to just see what comes. Yeah, and another big piece of news today that a lot of us are pretty excited about uh, across Sun's Twitter is Rowley, the, he was the president, right? Yes, yes. Yes, he supposedly resigned. The resigned is in quotation marks, as Espo on PHNX Sun said. It's kind of just like he got fired, but – he got the choice to make it look better, but it's good that we're getting rid of these people in the in the front office and throughout the the organization as a whole because there's a lot more cleaning out to do, and this is a big step towards that. Yeah, for sure. Basically, I like that they're that you know Matt is bringing in his own people, um, and obviously, I heard Isaiah Thomas. Don't know what his role is going to be. Well, I guess we'll have to just see. Um, see what kind of what he's going to be doing for the organization. But I like that he's bringing in his own people in general. Um, that's a really good start. Yeah, to touch on that, we, we've heard a bunch of names so far, and we don't really know what's going to be, like, the real deal. But we've heard maybe in the summer things that are, like, less concrete, maybe, like, a Sam Presti or Bob Myers would be really great. But that's a little less concrete. We've heard some, like, pretty strong indications that Paul Rivers will be there. Um, Isaiah Thomas will have some role. Uh, most people are saying not a GM role, and I would really hope not because he doesn't have the greatest history with that. And I think we heard also Steve Nash was doing some advising in uh, in Detroit for Matt Ishbia's company. So 
it must be Matt Ishbia, and he's talking to a bunch of people. He wants to know more about how it works, how everything works around the organization. And so that's why he's talking to all these people. Yeah, it sounds like he has connections everywhere. Uh, again, bringing in people that, uh, that we're familiar with and everybody across the NBA is familiar with. So uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good thing, but it, I could definitely see uh, see this working out. Yeah, we, we're really yet to see any evidence of moves from him so far. And obviously that's because he has not officially taken over, which happens tomorrow. But it would be interesting to see it, it is said that a lot of owners take over and then they start making mistakes. And, you know, hopefully that isn't, that's not the same for HBN. We'll see how he does. Yeah, we'll see how he does. Um, I think he will have a big influence in the trade, in the trade market. I've heard that um, he is going to have a big voice and on how the team is built and how the team is going to be, I wouldn't say necessarily run, but uh, he's going to have a big voice and everything on trades and basically rosters and all kind of stuff like that. Yeah, and that's going to be exciting to see if we can make some big trades happen. Unfortunately, in my opinion, I don't think it'll happen before the deadline, but we'll get more into that later. But that's pretty much it for this topic until he takes over. So it's going to be good to see what happens with that later on. But to move on, our next topic is Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks. So what do you think about that? I don't know, man. I'm kind of back and forth on it. Um I don't know if they got worse or if they got better. I feel like for me personally, it's just one of those things where I'm just going to have to see it mesh out. I'm going to have to see how it ends up working um, or not working. Uh, I guess we'll have to just see. I'll be able to tell you by playoff time if that's going to work or not um, as far as the playoffs go. So I guess we'll have to see as far as like connectivity between him and the, uh, and the organization. I guess we'll see. Um, but as far as the Suns not getting him, um, here, let me say this. People want to talk about, and again, you might disagree, but people are talking about how the Suns package was so good with Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. Um, I would so much, if I was a GM, rather prefer what the Mavericks gave me personally. Um, now, again, there could be some personal vendettas, uh, you know, for Sean Marks and James Jones, whatever. Um, but if I'm a GM, I like the Mavericks package better, in just my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't know if I would completely agree with that. I think I might disagree. I feel like the Suns package was better because their main statement was that they want to keep competing. And then the trade comes around and you get – you've turned Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant into Ben Simmons and Spencer Dinwiddie alongside Kevin Durant. So it's a little bit like – I know Chris Paul is like a big name and he's getting older, so it's not the same. But I still feel as if the Suns package was better. But I also do think your point about the personal vendettas is correct here because apparently they were the Suns offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a pick. And the Nets were like, we'll do it if you give three. And that's just blasphemous. So it's pretty, it's pretty obvious why the Suns walked out on that. Oh, 100%. There's definitely something going on. I tweeted out earlier, I don't know if Sean Marks um, or James Jones <laughs> had sex with Sean Marks' wife or something, but – that man does not want to do business with us. And honestly, if it wasn't for Kevin Durant, I don't think James Jones would even be on the phones or even talk to Sean Marks at all. I agree. Honestly, something to look at is I think James Jones will like, he'll keep his job, but it really is going to be a big thing to see if like, if Ishbia senses something and he brings in someone new, I feel like it could be much better for if we want to try to go get Kevin Durant in the off season, like, 
someone like Bob Myers, like that would be a really great thing for the Suns to bring in. But at the same time, you don't want to wish James Jones to lose his job. And he's had a lot of like, he's had a lot of circumstances where he shouldn't have had to change the team. And so that's been his excuse. But at this trade deadline, we aren't expecting anything too big. I know some sense Suns fans are, but in a realistic manner, we aren't expecting anything too big, but he needs to deliver on that. So this will be his real true test. And this is his legacy deadline as the timeline timeline podcast put it. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's going to come down to what we do uh, by Thursday. Again, I'm with you. I don't think we're going to do much. I do think we'll do something. I think it'll be very small, not enough to really move the needle for me. Um, to be honest, I can still see us being a first round exit at most, maybe second, but I don't know. I'm just not very hyped about this team. I like the, the leap that Mikel is making these last 12 games or so. Um, I do like that, but I just don't think this team, man, even fully healthy can compete with what the West looks like at this point, especially like the Nuggets. And, you know, we don't know what the Clippers are going to like playoff time. We don't know if the Mavericks are going to mesh together well. Um, it, 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 we could compete pretty good in the playoffs, or if all that stuff goes good, then we're just going to be completely screwed. I mean, yeah, I agree to you for to some extent, which my perspective really changed just from yesterday. Yesterday, I was feeling really negative, like this Sun, this Suns team is just the same as all the rest. We're just going to choke in the playoffs. And to some degree, like Chris Paul, like it's kind of like he's a great player, but I feel like in my eyes, it might be time to go. He's just – he's aging. I feel like his body can't handle it. But – we aren't going to get rid of him this deadline, in my opinion. There is possibilities of it opening up now that they his name kind of got out, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm looking to see if we make, like, a deal, like maybe for, like, a, Be- a Beasley and Vanderbilt kind of type of deal because I would – Yeah, those guys definitely help. Um, I, I still want us to go after somebody from the Raptors. I know – um, people were saying that we're out on OG and out on Fred Van Vliet. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like adding one of those guys <clears throat> definitely definitely helps, especially if you can get point guard help. Um, have uh, FVV off the bench with Chris Paul or vice versa, however you want to put it. Um, having an extra guard that way um, off the bench and to make a, you know, to make a point during the games is, uh, I think could help. Yeah, it would really help. Yeah. Someone, yeah, who can just shoot with the ball would be better. So maybe like a Terry Rozier type of player. But my concern with him is giving up a first-round pick. I feel like in some scenarios, Beasley, salary filler, and maybe Beasley and Vanderbilt, salary filler, you might get away with giving salary filler in seconds. But I feel like for Terry Rozier, you might need a first. And I really don't want to give a first if we're not going for any big name because – it would really hurt our package in the summer. And at this point, I'm really looking forward towards the summer because that's when the big names get moved. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just think that a lot of Suns fans just want to make a move, which is not what we should do. Um, obviously, we need to do something, but not just go out there and just throw away picks just for somebody who is not going to make a marginal difference. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people just being like, come on, James Jones, do something. They even use that that picture. And it's just like, I mean, he is doing stuff. You're just not seeing it. He's in a lot of discussions. But, you know, some things just don't go through. And 
I think he made the right move by not giving the Nets what they wanted if what's being reported is true. And so it makes sense that they're out on that. And talking about the Nets, it's time to segue into what everyone wants to talk about, which is Kevin Durant. Yeah, absolutely. So my opinion on Kevin Durant for the moment is a pretty negative one. I know Brian Windhorst said something about two hours ago from when we're recording this podcast that might give people some confidence. I know John Gamadoro had a little bit of something where he had something to do with Kevin Durant. I know Flex from Jersey had a little bit of something to do with Kevin Durant. And I think the Suns are very much interested in Kevin Durant, but it is not going to happen in four days. No, I agree. Um, I do believe, though, like I'm one of those people, too, at this point, man, where if he does get traded in the next four days with with all the Suns and Nets stuff going on right now and all the rumors, I just don't even see it. I don't even see him coming to us, to be honest with you at all. Like, I just don't see it. I think that may only be the case if Joe Sy is going to be petty with Kevin Durant, too. But Kevin Durant might be like, look, I stayed here, I came back, and you guys are kind of failing to put something better around me. But I feel like he can't use that excuse yet at the trade deadline because there's still time. And so in that case, that's why I think this is going to carry over to the summer when he's like, I came came back for an entire year. You guys said we would stay in contention. And look, we even got worse. And so then I feel like they might be able to. And if a team – like for Kevin Durant, it's a little different because he has three years left on his deal. So a team doesn't want to trade for KD, and he's like, I don't want to be there because he's going to be there for three years. For Kyrie Irving, even if he didn't want to be there, he's going to be there for three months, maybe longer if they make make the playoffs, which the Mavericks will make the playoffs. But that he's only there for that much time. If he wants to leave, he can leave. And so that's where I think it's different for Kevin Durant. And he's also respected them. So I think they will respect his trade request if he asks for a certain team. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, longer the My thing, is too, is that the longer the Nets wait, the less – that they're going to get for him, and it's been that way all along. I still do truly believe that. Um, so them waiting to this uh, this summer, just that extra year, they're going to get a lot less than what they would have got if they would have traded him this past summer. Uh, so that's one thing that we will see. Um, personally, I still don't see him being traded before the deadline, though. Yeah, I don't see it either. Things would have to really heat up, and I think, honestly, the way it would have to be is Kevin Durant, if, if Kevin Durant really wanted to be traded, he would have to go to Josiah and Sean Marks and be like, trade me or I'm just not going to play because this team is horrible. And we all know who Kevin Durant is. He's not going to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. He's going to play regardless. Um, I'm kinda, I kind of texted you yesterday, and I was going over how frustrated that I was getting with just uh, Durant himself not taking initiative and actually um, – going to to them and actually doing that, telling them that that he's going to sit out. But um, I doubt, you know, that that's just not who he is as a person. So uh, that's not going to happen. To KD's credit, Sean Marks is coming out here with statements like, I'm not his boss. We're business partners. If he wanted a trade, he would, he wouldn't still be here. Well, he clearly wanted to trade in the off season and he stayed there. And so this statement later when the team is obviously getting worse, doesn't mean anything. So it's obvious that the, the Nets are, like, just, like, putting him into a corner kind of. But it's it's interesting to me that if Kevin Durant gets traded, 
at the deadline, I almost think the Nets would get more if they started an under-the-table bidding war because they would be like, we don't have to trade him, but if you want him, come get him. Yeah, no, for sure. I I, I don't know. I'm kind of – when it comes to KD, I'm kind of just like not getting my hopes up. I know a lot of uh, Suns fans are. That's all they want to think about right now. Um, and it's just not good for your – it's not good for your mental health side. Um, I wouldn't just sit there and waste time for something that's probably not going to happen until the summer. I, I don't really don't have much more on it other than um, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I really doubt anything, like nothing is going to happen. Um, I, it's, there's a possibility. I feel like some people are saying 1% chance. Like I'm feeling maybe like 5 to 10% chance maybe, but chances are low regardless. One final note I wanted to make is, is I do think that if Kevin Durant were to get traded at this deadline, which for the record says I really don't think it's going to happen, but I feel like if it, would, if it were to happen, it would happen very quietly because think about how it went in the summer. Kevin Durant publicly requested a trade. The Nets publicly did everything, and it was a bad situation for both sides. If he goes to the Nets organization, he's like, listen, this team is very bad, but – I want out of here, but I'll do it quietly. Please find me a new home. It would make more sense because the Nets could be like, we're starting over, and Kevin Durant could be like, I didn't ask out. And so it might it might be better, but, again, I just don't see it happening, and that's pretty much all we have to say about Kevin Durant for right now. But we'll, I feel like we'll definitely be re- revisiting it in the summer. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. So we have maybe two more topics left. Our next topic is a big one. And it's the Suns trade deadline, which we've already talked about. But I just wanted to ask you, what is one move you could realistically see us making and, like, player-specific? I still believe I, – I truly believe. Again, I'm not um, – I don't, I don't know if Gambo is actually um, being truthful on this, but I really, really would like us to go get OG. Um I really think that it's a player like him does move the needle, especially whenever you can actually put Cam Johnson coming back off the bench. I think a player like that does put us back in contention. So if you were to have a trade for OG, what do you think it would entail if we're keeping Cam Johnson? It's a good question. Um, I'm more inclined. I'm more inclined on giving them – um, expirings and, and then just giving them, um, depending on how many picks it is, just giving them what they want. Yeah, I, I think, like, if we were going to trade for OG, I just don't see us unloading all our draft capital for someone that, like, when the summer is going to be crazy, like, Katie might get pushed to the summer. LeBron, it seems, like, certain at this point that he's going to ask out. And there's the dark horse that if they flame out in the playoffs again, people think he's he's one playoff flame out away from requesting out. And so I just think, like, you will have five picks available to trade in the summer and your pick swaps. And I feel like we should save those if it's for a player like – for, like, that caliber. And you don't want to use almost all of them for a player like OG Ananobi, even if he would move the needle for for this year. Yeah, my thing is that I just don't trust that we're actually going to make one of those big moves. So that's why I'm just like, go ahead and do it. 
is because I just don't have any faith that we're actually going to do it. So that that's that's the reason why I said that. Yeah, I agree to some extent, but I also feel like you know with Ishbia, we have a new owner. I feel like this is summer he can really put his foot down and be like, okay, we're going to be aggressive and we're going to go get one of these guys. And I can see it happening, but you know it's it, we'll see what Ishbia can do about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, again, Kyle kind of said earlier, I think that he's going to uh, make a big impact on what we're doing. Um, but again, it just I'm, I'm gonna have to see it, man. After everything going on with every, you know, with everything, I I'm still gonna have to see actions before I um, make a statement on whether or not I like what he's doing or not. Yeah, that's true. For me, on this topic of a realistic trade. I could see us doing maybe, like, a Vanderbilt and a Beasley. Like I said, that's the one I'm really into. Um, I just think that that's the best-case scenario for us, a big, versatile wing who can defend and then a scoring guard off the bench. Yeah, if we're talking most realistic, I I could definitely – that's what I would say if we're talking about what's probably going to happen. Which, again, I'd love those guys on the team, and they do help. Our team does get better. But it's just, like, does it get – better enough to actually go out there and compete for a championship. I don't, I just don't think so. Uh, but again, I, I would like those guys to be added on the team. Yeah. Something to add on that front is that for Malik Beasley, he was, he was on a podcast. He was very open about the trade rumors because the Utah jazz is just kind of like a roster where anybody can get traded. So he was very open about all the rumors and he even came out with, I think, four teams that had interest in them, in him. And Phoenix was one of those teams. And I just think he's a great three-point shooter. And if you have Damian Lee and Malik Beasley, it'll really raise your playoff ceiling, especially if you add Vanderbilt, which is like a big versatile wing on top of that. I just think if we're going to make small moves, this is the best one to make. And if you couldn't get away with giving like two, three seconds in salary filler, then I think that's really the way to go. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what we need is, is, is shooters. We need people who can, who can score. Um, obviously, defense is what we need to get back to what we were, like, our mold, because that's that's what we were known as, I feel like. And it's kind of just, like, faded away these past couple months. Again, we've been hurt, but it, that's just not something I'm seeing. So, uh, But overall, we need more scoring. So having anybody who can shoot the ball is definitely a plus. Um, and it, all, all it's going to do is just help us. Yeah, I agree. And I had a curious question, and not to put you on the spot, but I wanted to ask you, what is one player that you think will get dealt at this trade deadline out of nowhere that we haven't heard about? Do you have any players like that in mind? No, not necessarily off the top of my head. I could. I could. Okay, hear me out. I know he's been playing good, and I know – they are technically trying to build around him, but I could see I could I could see um, Shea asking out asking out but getting traded. I could see it. It's not going to happen. But if there was one player, it, that's who I would say. That is a really interesting one. That would be really insane for the NBA if that happened. You just Shea Gilgis Alexander in the season where he's making his huge leap, All Star, thirty points per game. That would be really incredible. But yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening, but that would be great if it did. Shoot, I would turn all my attention to Shea at that point. Yeah, I would too. I still not somebody that I feel like at that point, the way he's been playing, 
I don't know if the Suns would even have what it takes to get. I mean, like, dude, I don't even know if we have what it takes to get Kevin Durant. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know who. I feel like besides the picks, we're being so stingy on the players that we want to trade. It's, like, impossible to make a trade. Yeah, I do. I just see that. I, I think, like, what we – the mistake we made in the summer was we held our position of leverage a little too high. And then the Nets were never, like, this is a good deal for us. And it just felt like the Suns were just giving them nothing. And I think that's a large part of why it didn't happen. But I just, like – I think we do have the assets. Mikhail Bridges – turning into what could be an all-star next year. DeAndre Ayton, he's on a max contract, so some people may not value that much. But it is he is a great player. Cam Johnson, great shooter. And so any of mixture of those three plus five picks, all your swaps, I think it's it's a big enough package to go get a superstar. Yeah, and my thing too though is like if you trade Mikhail, if you trade Cam Johnson, if you trade those guys and you get Kevin Durant. It's not like the off season where we can go out and people will follow and just sign with us to fill out the rest of our team. We're almost past the trade deadline. If something were to happen where we did get KD or a player of that caliber, it's like if you give up Mikel and you give up Cam, it's like you're, I wouldn't say you're getting worse, but like you're losing a lot of depth. So it's like, is it really worth it if it's not in the off season? Yeah, at that point, you would have to make another deal, which would be maybe unlikely because the trade deadline would be coming up already. Or you could maybe turn to MLE or buyout market, but that's not going to get you some great players. So that would be a little rough. I think if you do make a superstar, like if you do make a trade for a superstar now, which is very unlikely, like we've been saying, then at that point, you would you would go to the buyout market. You would go with your MLE. And you would try to make it happen, but if not, you would revisit it in the offseason, retool your roster around your big trade, and then you would come back next year as more competitive. But at that point, you might as well just do that all in the offseason, and I think that's what a lot of players do. And summer price is always higher, so I think these moves will all be made in the offseason, and if there's many stars available, then you're talking from a position of leverage because you don't have to necessarily trade for a certain one of them. It's not one superstar that everyone is looking at. So it's basically just trying to see if this summer is like a bunch of people getting moved or if it's kind of a dead summer. So that's going to be a big thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what a lot of people be joking about, been joking about recently, James Jones' biggest acquisition is here. We got Devin Booker back. So how are you feeling about that? <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I've been seeing it all over Twitter. Like, hey, don't worry. We we didn't trade for anybody, but we got we got our trade. And his name's Devin Booker. He's coming back. So, um, I don't know, man. I I obviously book is my guy. Um, and he does uh, make a big impact on this team. I'm just like, I, if Mikael, I'm just hoping Mikael can really continue to do what he was doing. If Mikael can continue to average twenty plus points a game the rest of the year even with book back, I think we're really, really scary come playoff time. But with that being said, if I had to roll the dice or, like, make a prediction on it, I don't see him continuing to, to play the way he is. You know, I think I think he can keep it up. I think Chris Paul is, like, letting Mikhail kind of take over a little bit. I think Mikhail will take Chris Paul's role, and Chris Paul will 
kind of slide back into like a third, fourth option type of guy and try to just distribute the ball. We saw that. I mean, he shot very poorly, but 0 for 7 the other night, two points, but he had 14 assists. So he might turn into that type of guy, just all assists, no scoring. And maybe Mikhail takes that place in the scoring, and that would be really cool to see. No, it would. And, and, and I'm not rooting against him. I would love to see it. I'm just, I don't know. I just feel like I, I need to I need to see it more than 12 games, if you know what I mean. So yeah. that's just that's just where I'm at on that. I agree. I just, when I look at what Mikhail has done this season, he looked really bad in that, I think, it was a while. He looked really bad in that stretch of games. And that was just kind of like the learning process of, having to score more and then exerting more energy on offense. And then he was more tired on defense. So he looked kind of poor all around, but I think his defense is back up to where it's been very elite and his offense is just making huge strides. And if you see what he's been doing in games compared to the past, it's really incredible to see because if he was scoring a lot in games in the past, it came, maybe he was cutting to the rim, cutting to the basket scoring like by stealing the ball and getting kind of scoring on fast breaks, like little dunks here and there. And now you're seeing him create off the dribble, you know, literally shoot middies off balance, leaning middies, leaning and ones. It's really incredible to see that how big of a stride his shot making was taking. But yeah, man. I mean, I'm seeing Mikhail do things that I haven't seen him do. I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of dribble drive stuff in him. Um, doing a lot of moves that I just have not seen, which is very interesting. It's kind of like almost looks awkward the way he's – I mean, it works. Don't get me wrong, but he kind of – the way he fades and the way he turns, it just he's so, he's so like, long. It, like, just kind of looks awkward. But that's just me being – just me being a certain type of way. But um, he is he's, – he's definitely improving. Yeah, I agree. Even D.A., like, the past few games – I think he's he's upped his defensive intensity, so that's great to see because a big thing that we talk about pretty often is DA looks like he's not putting an effort. Does DA want to be here? That type of thing. And so just when his he's focused, he's rebounding, his offensive intensity is there. It's just really great to see. You know, thirty-one and sixteen, I believe he had the other night. So that was really great to see. Yeah, it's good to see. Uh, kind of when I told you that, I'm still I'm I've already given up on him. Like honestly. And I, people can call me crazy all they want to. I just have no hope for for him being consistent ever. Which yeah, uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure he'll ever reach a point of consistency. But you know, I'll take the flashes when I can get them. I'm I'm still happy about that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just stingy. You know, we spent a number one overall pick and a max contract on him. So I guess that, that's just me being a certain type of way. Yeah, I mean, shoot, the way this is going this summer. He might not be here for too much longer. I can just say that, especially if it's like, if it is that, that, oh man, he is so good. If it is Joel Embiid in the summer, that dark horse that everyone wants, that thinks he'll ask out. If that is the case, then DA is certainly gone in that scenario. So, okay, guys. Well, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up. We talked about everything we want to talk about and, you know, make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday. We'll, we'll release tweets every time we post. And thank you for tuning in, and we hope you guys enjoyed. Yep, thank you guys for listening.